an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Today's guest is Jody Cohen, and she is the owner of Vibrant Blue Oils. It's an organic essential oils company. Jody is a best selling author of the book Healing with Essential Oils. She is also an award winning investigative journalist and has a book coming out in February 2021 about using essential oils to heal the brain. I've invited Jody on this podcast because Jody has a wealth of knowledge not only about essential oils, but how to handle extreme grief. Jody lost her son almost two years ago in a car accident. She then lost her father and her best friend in the next 18 months. Jody has not only moved through this grief with grace and is so inspiring, she also has managed to keep her business afloat and write a book. Jody is such an amazing, brilliant human being, and I just can't wait to share her with you. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. I'm here with Jody Cohen, and we are going to talk about some amazing stuff. So, one, Jody is a female entrepreneur who started her own essential oils company. So, it's an amazing brand called Vibrant Blue Oils, and it's organic. We're also going to talk about her amazing journey through grief. She is one of the bravest women I know, and she is so kind and beautiful and amazing and touching and I just want you all to get a chance to meet her and learn from her. So, Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for that generous introduction. That was very thoughtful. You're welcome. You are so amazing. So, tell us your story about how you started your essential oil company, and then we'll get into the deeper stuff. Okay. Someone told me uh, the, the grief, the headline news is that my 12 year old son was killed in a car accident August 27th, 2018. And that was devastating, but that was. Uh, six years into my essential oil company. So someone said to me, you had problems before you had this problem. So prior to that problem, my now ex-husband who was driving the car uh, was hospitalized because he was suicidal. He attempted suicide. I found him. I saved him. And then I thought, how am I going to do this? Our kids were five and seven and I was working and over volunteering. You know, I was the class parent. I was doing all the bake sales. It was slightly ridiculous in hindsight, um, but a friend suggested a residential treatment facility, which at that time was a new vocabulary word, and his sister graciously volunteered to move him there. And so the minute I knew he was safe and it wasn't my job to keep him alive, I collapsed because I had been running a marathon pretty much since our son was born, so five years, and never got a break which was probably good for my body, but not so great for being a single parent with little kids who really needed her. Hmm. So 
I tried everything. I had been practicing nutrition. I knew how to muscle test. Nothing that I had used before seemed to work. And I was very fortunate that good friends were very involved in essential oils. And they brought over um, probably like a box of 40 oils. 40, wow. Yeah, and gifted them to me and said, these are going to help you. And I said, great, how do I use them? And they said, no, you're super smart and super intuitive. You're going to figure it out. So they left. And I thought, well, I know, I know my adrenals are probably the issue and I know how to muscle test remedies for my adrenals. Let me just see if anything in this box is going to help. And I got a pretty solid yes. I don't know how you get information, but for me, I can tell if it's like a little bit or, you know, a really resoundingly positive yes. And so I tested and I got five oils and that surprised me because usually when I test remedies, one or two really stand out. And then I got, well, I get downloads in that all of a sudden I just know something like it's in my brain and I combine them and I thought, oh, that makes sense. So I grabbed the five oils and I was a newbie to essential oils. So I grabbed a shot glass and I just tested each oil, how many drops of this put them in the shot glass. And I knew from my years of practicing nutrition that the adrenals are easily accessed through the low back. So I put them on my low back and I felt like myself again. It was so strange, you know, to be so mentally, physically exhausted and suddenly feel like, oh my God, I could go running. Like like I normally do. (laughs) So I went running because that was always my go-to pick me up. And then I came back and I put more on. I was like, I can take a shower. I can go to the supermarket. I can do laundry and put it away. I can clean the house. I can make dinner. I got more done in that one day than I had probably in the previous month. And then that night, uh, you know, obviously my kids were super anxious because their dad wasn't there. So they were, you know, we were co-sleeping at that time. It would take a while. I would read them to bed until they collapsed. And then I would lie awake, you know, like literally mind racing, worrying, And I thought, wait, I wonder if oils can help with this. So I created my second blend for the pineal gland to release melatonin. And that Mm. worked really well. And I just kept making it up as I went, you know, almost like making up recipes. Like, okay, we've got an apple and some squash. I guess we're going to have apple squash soup. You know, it was like that kind of thing. Like, what can I do now? And it didn't take me very long. Within about two weeks, I was kind of back to myself and everyone who had kind of witnessed my journey, who, you know, was trying to help and was dropping off meals and doing all the things that supportive friends want to do, but no one really knows what to do. And so they were like, wait, what what did you do? How did you fix this? And so I, I shared what I was doing and they tried it on themselves or their patients and they were like, okay, this is great. And then I was part of a nutritional therapy community and they were having a conference. And at the time it was like $200 to be a vendor. So one of my good friends said, why don't you just go? I mean, you've got, you're doing this in a really different way. That's helping people see if it resonates with other people. And I thought, okay, I I can do that. And before I did that, I had kind of gone online and thought like someone must be doing this. You know, it seems so obvious. And I was really, really surprised uh, about two things. First of all, no one was really looking at it through the lens of um, supporting the frequency of different organ systems and regions of the brain. And the way that it was being done was so complicated. It may, I would have felt unqualified. If I had had kind of the mental capacity to research this before hmm. jumping in, I wouldn't have done it. And so that kind of validated like, okay, maybe there's some value here. And then we went to the event 
and we sold out of everything. Everyone said, you know, gosh, we kind of, essential oils seemed like they made sense. We wanted to use them. We didn't really know how. It felt too overwhelming, so we just did nothing. So that really validated, oh, I, I can do something here that can help people. And, you know, I, my background was journalism. I love researching. I love figuring out why does this work. So I just started writing a blog a week. And, you know, after the kids went to bed, I'd fill orders out of my kitchen. And that's really how it started. I love that you just started with it and then you kept going and it was working and it was healing other people and you were sharing what you were learning. And I like how you also noticed that like if you had been in your like researcher brain, you probably wouldn't have come across it, but you were more in like the intuitive space. And then now I know you know everything that there is to know about essential oils practically. Uh, you're the most brilliant person I know ab about it. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk about the science behind it because you understand it so well and you can tell us so clearly how it works. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's really interesting, especially for the listeners who kind of know that everything is energy, right? We're energy, plants are energy, rocks are energy. And there's a lot of research, like the secret language of trees, they actually communicate with each other through smell. They form communities. They warn each other if a predator is coming so they can release certain odors. You know, they share water. We know they're collaborative, and they're collaborative with humans. Humans and plants are biofamiliar. You know, that's why eating plants, eating the, um, you know, animals that are graze on plants. It's really healthy for us. And there's, there's almost like an, an energetic and a frequency code in the universe. And, and there's a code of balance and there's a code of imbalance. And I believe that before disease presents in the body, that energy field and that code is disrupted and out of balance. And I believe there are many ways to get back into balance. Obviously, working with Amy is a great way, um, using certain sounds, tapping certain points, smelling certain aromas, and combining these aromas. Like I almost think of, if you think of combining colors, right? There are three primary colors, but we know that we can combine red and blue and we get purple. And then if we add a little bit of white, it makes lavender. You can similarly combine different energies from different oils and use them to match the frequency of healthy organ tissue. Or there's idea, this idea of resonance and dissonance. So resonance means you kind of are an energetic match. Dissonance means it cancels out. So like inflammation or um, things that you don't necessarily want in your field, you can offset that through certain oils so that your energetic body goes back into balance and then your physical body follows suit. Great. And can you talk about the brain and how it can change based on what you're smelling? Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack there. And I will start by saying that it's really hard to get the right remedy into the right region of the brain because the brain is really well protected. It's protected by this blood-brain barrier that kind of acts like the gut barrier. So it's semi-permeable, obviously, so nutrients can get in and toxins can get out. But it only lets really super small fat-soluble molecules in. So like chemotherapy, you can't do chemo in the brain because you can't get the remedies into the brain. Hmm. But essential oils by their natural constituents are super small and fat soluble. So even topically applying things like at the back of the neck or the side of the head, that gets into the brain. The other amazing channel is your olfactory channel. And it's really our, our primary scent that keeps us safe, right? Like we smell predator odor, like, you know, anyone who has a dog, they can smell the dog, right? Imagine that you're um, gathering fruit in the woods and you smell a saber-toothed tiger. That, that sense of smell is your first line of defense. Or you smell fire. That's going to keep you alive. So you're, um, of your five senses, only your sense of smell goes directly to the part of your amygdala or your brain called your amygdala, which is kind of lets you react. 
Um, you can also use this olfactory channel. I mentioned the blood-brain barrier. In most parts of the brain, it's like eight cells thick. In the blood-brain barrier, it's only one cell thick. So it's really wow. the fastest, easiest way to get any remedy into your brain. And I love all the research that you've done. You have a book coming out, right? On I have the brain? a book coming out. Yeah. We're working on the title. It's some version of essential oils for the brain. But yeah, it's with Random House and it's going to come out in February of 2021. You also have another book, though, about essential oils, too, right? Already out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Healing with essential oils. So I, I'm sure there are certain things that you repeat over and over because you're surprised that people don't know this, but they really need to know it. And at a certain point, you realize it's a better use of everyone's time instead of me charging them by the hour to hear this. I'm going to put it all in a book and they right. can read it at their leisure. And then we can use that hour to really customize what we need to do for them personally. So that's why I wrote the book was so that people had a baseline before, you know, you're talking about the brain one or the, um, the first, first one that you released healing with essential oils. Okay. Got yeah, it's it. interesting. You keep, um, I don't know if, if it's like a, a, a circular staircase, right? You keep coming back to things and getting more information. And so the more, you know, you're like, Oh, but wait, I want to add to that. And I, I realized this is a brand new book. It's not just an addendum to the existing one. Cool. Yeah. So you used essential oils originally to heal your adrenals and your anxiety and, um, and then you use them to help your kids as well. So then they, their anxiety and other issues that were presenting themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, were healed, correct? Or at well, least. I, don't know. I mean, heal is an interesting one with, with an ADD kid or an anxious kid. Basically it really helped to manage symptoms. You know, at some point, like now my daughter is 16 and we're just getting into kind of unpacking all of the root causes, but it's really helpful to just tread water. Like if you're anxious to start your homework and you can just kind of help your body go into that safe space called the parasympathetic space, then you can start the homework and you get the homework done that day, right? Right. You know, at some point you go back and unravel, but yes, they were really, they're really helpful for sleep, for anxiety, for focus and concentration issues, for grounding, which is so important in these kids and adults. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody needs it. So unfortunately you've in the last 18 to 20 months have experienced a horrific experience. Yeah. So Amy and I get to um, connect in person once a year. Hopefully we'll get to do that this year. We'll see what the world looks like. Um, but we, we had met up in early August and then, uh, two years so, ago, two years ago. So I, I had met my husband, uh, hiking to Machu Picchu in 1998. And so for my 50th birthday, I decided I was going to take my kids back and take them to Machu Picchu. So we went on this kind of epic Peruvian adventure. We got back August 26th. You know, my kids are, my son was 12. My daughter was 14. They, they're all about friends. We didn't have Wi-Fi in Peru. It was, you know, was not their favorite part of the experience. So my son, we took him all out to a movie that Sunday night. And then the next day he was excited to see his dad and they were going to go whitewater rafting in Eastern Washington. And they, um, you know, I kissed him goodbye at nine 30 in the morning at around one 30, I got a call from someone investigating a vehicular homicide, another new vocabulary word. Um, my son, they, they got involved in a car accident. There were four boys in the car. My son was killed at the scene of the accident. His two friends uh, died from injuries sustained within the next four months. And then one, one boy is actually doing amazingly well. And we talk to him all the time. But, um, you know, if you think about, if you have children, what you value and what's most important to you, like, I don't think I could have imagined anything worse and I still can't. And mm -mm. I actually think the biggest challenge that we face as a population is that we don't know what to do with our pain. And that's why we overwork, we overeat, 
you know, we turn to alcohol and drugs. We, we distract ourselves with social media. We just, it's so intense and yet we don't know what to do with it. And so we just stuff it and ignore it. And I realized, cause I, I know enough about how, um, a stressful event can trigger trauma. Now I know it's because when you're in stress, those stress chemicals send messages to the opportunistic pathogens in your body. And all of a sudden they overwhelm the immune system. And I'm like, okay, I have one remaining daughter. My, my ex-husband is now in prison for the accident and she needs me. So I need to find a way to go through this and hiding out and numbing myself is not the way. And then you showed up in my life, which was such a blessing. Right. right. It was interesting. We, we were at the conference and then I had gotten a divine message to wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday to go to like a meeting about another future conference. And I said, okay, I'll go, you know, talking to spirit. And I, I went, I went to the conference and it was going to be X amount of dollars. And I was like, oh, I don't make these decisions on the spot. Like I usually talk to my partner about this and spirit was like, you are going to that conference. There's no if, ands or buts. You're going to the conference. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to explain this to Fen after the fact. Cause he was like, you could sign up then and you got a great deal. And it would have been a lot more money. So um, I went back and I was like, all right, I have to tell you something. I'm going to this other conference and we didn't discuss it, but I promise you it's divine intervention. I'm going because I'm being, I'm meant to be going to that conference. So we, that's where we met. And um, yeah. I remember we were sitting around that, that lunch table. Well, no, it's, it's funny. Cause you, you know, you know, how you kind of have like social crushes on people. Like you see them post on things and you're like, I like everything that person's saying. Like, I like that person. I agree with, you know, like they say smart things. So I had noticed you and I was like, Oh, I like her. I like what she's saying. So the accident happened August 27th and the conference was, I think, mid-October. Yeah, it was right after. And it was, it was in Sandy, or no, Santa Barbara. And I'd canceled every other thing because I was like, there's no way I'm leaving my daughter. But my daughter's best friend since like second grade had just moved to Santa Barbara before, like literally the week before the accident. They drove up, they were with us for the funeral, and then they drove back down. And um, my daughter's not only close to this girl, but to her parents you know, it was hard for her to kind of be here. And I think there's a part of her, she's such a caregiver that she thought she had to take care of me. So I had this idea, I'm going to go and bring her, we're going to spend time with her best friend. And then I'm going to let her go with her best friend and her best friend's family and really let them take care of her in some place that's sunny and warm. And I'm going to go to this conference. So that was the only thing I kept on the calendar. And then a bunch of us were going to lunch and I think uh, we wound up talking at lunch and I was like, oh my God, I love, I love your stuff. Yeah. And I, and you said, do you know what happened to my son? I said, yes, unfortunately I heard about it. And you said, would you be willing to help me? And I said, absolutely. And I just knew I was there for you and I was sitting across from you and I didn't want to intrude in your space or anything and, and say, well, you know, this is what I can do and I can help you. I just, I needed you to come to me and it was divine intervention. You said, would you work with me? I said, absolutely. When you're, you're so humble, I mean, you're so good at what you do, first of all, but you're also so humble. You're like, I've never experienced anything like this. I've never worked with anyone who has. And I think that's the main point. No one is an expert in this. No one is an expert and it should ever be an expert in this. But I think just showing up, like the people, you know, people wanted to do things. And so I, I'm, I love LaCroix. So it's like, if you want to just drop off a box of LaCroix and there's <laughs> a super healthy restaurant in our neighborhood that has really reasonably priced soup. And I'm like, you can go bring me soup from Bounty Kitchen. You know, I wanted to 
offer things that I knew would be easy for people that then they could then do that I actually wanted, you know, as opposed to we don't eat gluten or dairy. So it's lovely if you want to bake me a lasagna, but that's not, that won't feel <laughs> not as really going to help. <laughs> well, I'd rather have LaCroix or a Bounty kitchen soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, then we were, we've been working with each other for a while. Um, so for about two years or a year and a half yeah. or so. And then unfortunately during that time, you lost both your dad and your best friend as well. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad had probably been kind of on the way out for a while. He had diabetes. He had a heart condition. And it's interesting. My dad is kind of from that old school generation. Like he's lived his whole life in Seattle and his two closest friends, one from kindergarten, one from his fraternity, both passed away in this past year. And I think there was a part of him that kind of felt ready. Mm. So that was sad, but didn't feel as um, unexpected, obviously, as Max. Mm. My best friend, I met her in preschool, actually. She was she was crazy fun, you know, so she was the one I like to play with on the playground. And then the best story, they were making those bird feeders where you like put peanut butter on pine cones and then roll them in bird seed. The very day that I was getting allergy tested for peanut butter, so I wasn't allowed to eat the peanut butter, which, you know, you have a young child, imagine a three-year-old, everyone else is I eating know, peanut butter. Right? And she said, that's okay, we'll just eat the bird seed. <laughs> and I love, I mean, to this day, like what a show of three-year-old solidarity. Yeah, what a special person. Yeah, and she, um, it was horrible. She, right before Easter, kind of suddenly couldn't speak and she's incredibly articulate and her texts were gibberish. So they took her, she lived in London to um, the hospital and they're they're pretty relaxed over there. They were like, oh, we'll just do a brain scan and go home, enjoy Easter. And, you know, we'll see what it is afterwards. It might be cancer. And her dad um, is still in Seattle. And so he was like, I have a better idea. We have a plane ticket for you. We're going to meet you at the airport. And so they flew her out and she basically had surgery within a day. And we thought she was doing pretty well. It seemed like everything was working. And I guess on a New Year's Day, she was golfing with her dad and felt a little nauseous and went into the hospital and realized that it had really um, spread in the intestines in a way that uh, further treatment was not really an option. Jody, you just handled all of this so beautifully and gracefully. Uh, what could you offer the listeners in terms of handling such deep grief? I mean, your son and then your father and then your best friend. I mean, you've just, I mean, you're, you've written books you know, or a book. You have had your company thrive throughout this. You know, you as a mother have been wonderful to your daughter and you have been able to take care of yourself. And there's been so much more behind the scenes going on with um, the trial and things like that for your son's death. And you still handled all of that so beautifully and gracefully. And I was just wondering if you have some tips for our listeners about how to deal with grief. Yeah. So I think, I mean, much credit to you. The one thing I, and this is not just for grief, this is for everything. I mean, my daughter is a teenager in quarantine, which means that uh, every once in a while her frustration over the situation just explodes. And I've learned that the more I can stay kind of calm and non-reactive and just compassionate and just be there and kind of let her almost diffuse and, and just help her like release it, the better it goes. And I think the most important thing for everything is this idea of getting grounded and getting in that parasympathetic state mm-hmm. and um, a little science and complicated, but your nervous system, you're designed to survive. So if you sense danger uh, and it could be even a, an emotional danger, 
your body kind of switches into that, I'm either going to fight or flee or freeze state. And certain physiology is turned on where you basically, one of the main things is that your pupils dilate, they get really big. And that is to allow you to make the next best decision. Because when you're in an emergency situation, you can't ponder all the options, right? You just have to pick one thing and go. Mm. And that's helpful for helping you survive. But if you're trying to actually make a life decision or really assess the landscape, you really need to be in that state of calm and be able to see choices. I think this is the biggest problem. You know, I, I definitely tend towards anxiety and I've seen it, especially in this quarantine situation where so many people, they're so like cat with the back against the wall and reactive and angry. And that's not an ideal place to, to live from. So Tapping is an amazing tool that Amy's taught me that everyone should practice. I have um, a parasympathetic oil that I apply right here behind the earlobe on the vagus nerve because that helps get you calm. Walking outside in nature, interacting with your pet, laughing, even water, showers, baths, just doing whatever you can to really get to that calm-centered place because when you're in that calm-centered place, the world looks different. It's not like I am the victim and I'm under attack and all these things are happening. It's almost like you're looking through a screen door or you're watching a movie and you're able to observe the situation and say, okay, this is, this is what's happening. This is what I know. And then you can go to, and these are my options. And when you're in that fight or flight sympathetic state, you really don't feel like you have options. You know, you're the victim and it's just horrible. When you're in the parasympathetic state, all of a sudden, all these choices materialize. And when you have choices, that is freedom. And that helps you move through this. So early on when I was in shock, someone said to me, just eat, sleep and move. And that's really important, you know, because eating, it allows you to get your nutrients in. Sleeping is really when you heal. Sleep is so critical to every immune function. And then moving, it brings oxygen into your brain. It helps you process because a lot of what you're doing is trying to move through things and you can really use movement. That's what like a lot of those Eastern practices like Tai Chi and yoga really, really help you do. Tapping helps you move energy. So those were kind of the, the basic low hanging fruit, three things that I did early on. But there are stages of grief. And, and what, what I did is, you know, it's almost like trying to drink from a fire hose. You, you can pretty much drown if you do that. So I couldn't do more than that early on. But then as uh, you helped me and certain things started to unfold, what I realized I had to do, which is hard, is really lean into the pain. Like I bought um, a yoga wheel or anything that you do that's heart opening, it almost like floods you with the pain and it's, it's too intense. Anyone who's ever gone into a really hot sauna or a steam room, you can't hang out there for like 24 hours. You know, like at a certain point you're like, all right, I'm cooked. So I even like, I, I started with 10 seconds. I've worked up to 20 seconds or, you know, 30 seconds, but just opening your heart and just letting the intensity of the pain really, um, really flood you and kind of come over your tapping through it. And just knowing that, um, allowing yourself to feel the emotion and knowing that it's not going to be forever, that it will pass. Mm. And the more you practice that, the more you kind of let it come up, tap through it, heart open through it, use oils through it and breathe through it and recognize that it goes through you. It's the more you use the example of kind of shaking up the soda bottle and letting off the steam. And I think that's such a great example because that's really what you're doing. You ultimately need to experience these things and release them so that they don't stay in your system. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, you got to get it out. Otherwise you'll feel stuck and it'll eat away at you. Right. And what uh, Jody was referring to is uh, the shaken can is the anxiety. So you, what you want to do is you want to open up the chakras, literally the top and the bottom to help release it. So that would be connecting with spirit or connecting with the ground or both. And that's going to help to help process out some of this energy that she's talking about. So Jody, any other suggestions for handling well, the grief? grief? I mean, oh, one thing I didn't say, so Rose, Rose Essential, we talked about how the nose is kind of the main channel into the brain. There's actually, this is a cute story. My daughter had to do research on a Nobel laureate for school. And so there's a Find Your Nobel Laureate app. And she found this woman, Linda Buck, who's a Nobel laureate in Seattle, who did olfactory research and has amazing information. So she kind of identified the olfactory receptors that are correlated with the fear response. And then she was curious if there's anything that turns them off. And it turns out smelling rose oil. Oh my gosh, I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, I knew it. That's so so great. Rose oil really, I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, that tapping makes you feel better. Just putting rose oil over the heart or smelling it or early on, there were days that, I mean, I joked, I practically had it shoved up my nose, but (laughs) That really makes a huge difference early on. It's it's amazing for for really intense grief. Well, Jody, you are so brave to be going through all this and just thriving. Really, I mean, it's just amazing. So, is there anything else you want to add? I know that um, you at one point went to go see somebody about the spiritual aspects of what you went through. Yeah, I can I can talk about that, and then I have one other tip. Um, sure. Oh yeah. Well, why don't you give us that tip? Well, no, um, so our other friend Titus Chu talks about how um, often if your whole body hurts from something, that's nutrition. If it's one side, it's related to the brain. And Hmm. often uh, the right side of the brain affects the left side of the body and vice versa. But that's not true with your nostrils. Like your right nostril goes directly to the right frontal part of your brain. That's kind of the decision maker of the brain. And so when you're feeling an anxiety attack or a panic attack, that is usually the right frontal part of the brain is, is overacting. And so the way you balance that is you activate the left frontal part of the brain. And the easiest way to do that is to smell something through your left nostril. So it could be essential oil. You can just go get lavender or even um, the oils are uh, found in the peel of the fruit. So one thing, a tip for, you know, driving carpool with sweaty kids, buy a bag of tangerines, have them peel it when you pick them up and your whole car smells like tangerine. And, you know, they're hungry, so they eat it anyway. But you can even just peel a tangerine and smell the um, the peel. But just smelling that through the left nostril calms you down immediately. And then um, your question about my son. Yeah, I actually, it's funny. It was Tom O'Brien who said that uh, you should, there's this book about pre-life contracts that he recommended that I can't think of the name of. And then he also suggested that I get his astrology chart done and that it would likely be in there you know, Hmm, that basically this was probably something he chose, you know, that we have exit routes that we pick before we incarnate. And this could have been one of his. Yes. It's so important because um, I I do believe that even in extreme circumstances, there is divine intervention happening. And you've also just handled that so well, you know, with getting, it wasn't revealed for a while, I almost like a year or so later, I feel like. Yeah, I ran into him at Paleo FX probably around this time last year. So he died in August and someone suggested this at the end of April. So yeah. 
So it was about a year later. And you were able to, at that point, I think, let it in. I remember uh, one of the sessions beforehand, I said, some big news is coming um, around this. You're making that transformation into being able to hear something and know something that's going to help you with your healing. So first of all, I've communicated a lot with Max, her son, who's crossed over. And he is such a high vibrational being. And he's so cool. And I love communicating with him. And it's been an honor to be able to communicate with him and share his messages with you about um, how, you know, how to keep thriving, really. You know, he's such a big cheerleader for you in this. And um, he's able to deliver these messages for you. So I think you've mentioned this a lot, like Max in when he was here on earth, like he was, he knew who he was at such a young age, right? Yeah, he was really, you know, it's so funny. Like, uh, I think Kalanka Ibrahim is like, your children don't come from you, they come through you. He definitely, he came through me and he was a big presence. It was very, he was very clear. He was this amazing artist, like unbelievably gifted at such an early age. He was very clear. Um, you know, he loved reading. He he just really knew who he was in a way that I really admired. Yeah, he was such a bright light here and now on the other side. So is there anything else that you'd like to add? I think just kind of giving yourself grace and, and recognizing, applauding the little wins and where you are. You know, it's a little bit if you start like a 30-mile hike, you know, and you might only be a mile one, but maybe you did a big hill and just not not, not punishing yourself. You know, we're all doing the best we can every single day. And the more you can be grateful for yourself and for the little wins. And that's one thing. Um, the, the boy who survived, the mother was amazing. First of all, she put a ball of white light around him immediately. And then at one point they believed he might not, he shattered his entire left side and they thought he might never walk again and he might never wiggle his toe. And so when he wiggled his toe, like that was a win when he woke up and, you know, they didn't know if he would have brain damage and he recognized his sister, like that was a win. And I think little wins, life is a marathon, not a sprint, you know, they add up to a big thing. And that is how I was able to do what I've done is I really just focused on, okay, I'm just writing this chapter. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm just hiring this person, you know, and all these little steps add up to, you know, the bigger picture. But I think that so often we um, diminish or punish ourselves because we're not necessarily at the the finish line, you know, but we're doing really well that day, that moment. Right. And definitely reward those times and, and recognize those times and ask for more of those times. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jody, for joining me today. You Thank are you. such an inspiration. You have so much wisdom and knowledge about essential oils and about how to move through life with ease and grace. So Thank you. Thank you. If you love today's podcast, you're going to love the UR Energy course. I'm going to drop the link below so you can pick up that course. I go much more in depth about the science behind healing and I share the tools and techniques that I use every single day to help my body heal. content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.